welcome back everybody to the movie mindset i am your completely unqualified host abby and first and foremost um i just like to say yes i am aware that today is not monday <laughs> um i'm also aware that i have missed the past two mondays um for uploading even the second episode um of the podcast uh the two weeks ago i was in texas visiting my family um, and I just didn't, I didn't have any time to record an episode. Um, but this last week, this last Monday, I guess we're going to get vulnerable right off the bat here. Um, honestly, I was just struggling a little bit with what to say on this episode. I was writing it and rewriting it and, um, none of it sounded good to me. I thought no one's going to want to listen to this. You know, all these, all these really... Um, self-deprecating, just negative thoughts were entering my head as I was writing, and every time I'd go to record, I didn't want to do it, um, and it was it was difficult. But I realized as I was writing it that <laughs> it didn't really make any sense because that's literally what this episode is all about. <laughs> uh, today we are talking about the movie Rocky, and this movie. Literally, the entire premise is all about conquering self-doubt and self-respect, believing in yourself, um, and and all of that stuff that I was struggling with this week. So I thought it was kind of the perfect, honestly, it's, it's a little ironic, but I think it's kind of the perfect episode um, to be struggling with and to talk about today because I, I really experienced and I was able to relate to Rocky on a lot of different, in a lot of different ways this week. So let's get into it. Um, just a reminder, again, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so if you haven't already, I would highly encourage you to go watch the film uh, and then come back and listen. Um, I mean, either way, I would encourage you to watch this film because, boy, do I love this movie. <laughs> um, I This movie, I mean, not only being personal to me this week, this movie has always been a little personal to me because it's one of my dad's favorite movies. Uh, my dad is Italian, and he also really liked boxing when he was younger, so the whole Italian stallion uh, thing always, you know, that was my dad to me. Um, and I just, I see a lot of my dad in Rocky, and um, I don't know, it, it just feels very personal, and this this movie feels kind of kind of like home to me. I I love it, and I remember the first time watching this movie, I was so inspired and so motivated. I wanted to be a boxer. Like, I was convinced that I was going to go become a boxer. <laughs> um, me and my best friend at the time were, like, begging our parents to get us into boxing classes. We had a punching bag um, in our basement, and we would just go and punch it, like, for hours <laughs> just for fun because we wanted it so bad. Um, that was right around the time that Creed, Creed came out a couple years, uh, or no, that year, I think it came out the same year that I saw Rocky. And so we went and saw that and we literally, we wanted to be boxers. Like that was our new, <laughs> our new favorite thing. Um, and honestly, I still love boxing. Like I still really want to take a kickboxing class. I think that would be so cool. Um, just a lot of fun. I, I would love it. This movie is so much fun. Um, and obviously it's a little brutal, like the the fight scenes are definitely not pretty, um, and it's fairly old. It came out in 1976, um, 
so I don't know it, it has that like gritty um kind of darker overtones really foggy just feel to the entire movie so I don't know it's just it, it the whole thing's cool to me and I I love it um obviously the soundtrack is absolutely iconic uh the, all the music in this film is so good if you need a good workout soundtrack this is the soundtrack like this is it this and all the all the rocky movies honestly and the creed movies as well um oh man it's it's so good this movie was so heavily decorated um even though it actually had a really tiny cast and crew so let's get into some of the fast facts like i said it came out in 1976 and Sylvester Stallone starred in this movie, but he also wrote the movie. Uh, he he did, I think, the entire screenplay, um, which is, I think, one of the reasons that these characters are so believable and the acting is so good is because he, I mean, when you write your own character, obviously, you know all the ins and outs, and it makes it a lot easier to play the character as well. Uh, along Sylvester Stallone, it's also starring Talia Shire and uh, Burt Young. Um... I talked about how tiny the casting crew is. According to the internet, um, the entire crew was 80 people. 80 people on this entire film, which is so tiny. Um, just for reference, the first Avengers movie had 2,700 people credited to its cast and crew. This is according all to IMDb. Um, Rocky has an 80-person crew, so a little bit different. I would say just a, a little bit of a gap there. Um, as far as budget as well, this movie had the tiniest budget of, like, of a movie that, that was so highly decorated. Uh, adjusted for inflation, this movie had approximately a $5 million production budget. Again, for, for reference, the first Avengers movie had a budget of $220 million. <laughs> So yeah, a, a little bit of a gap there. Um, but despite its really tiny, tiny crew, tiny cast, tiny budget, um, this movie was nominated for so many Academy Awards and won multiple. So um, it won Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Editing, and it was nominated for a bunch of others, including Best Writing, Best Sound, Sylvester Stallone uh, for Best Actor, Talia Shire as Best Actress, Burgess Meredith uh, as the Best Supporting Actor, and Burt Young as the Best Supporting Actor. Um, the song Gonna Fly Now also got a nominated for Best Original Song. Um, those are all the awards it won, and honestly, I that's one of my favorite parts about this film is how it's an underdog story, and the film itself is pretty much an underdog film. That's like... I, I don't know. I think it's pretty perfect. So here's the synopsis. Again, straight off of IMDb for you. We have a small-time Philadelphia boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight the world heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. That uh, that last, last little part there, go the distance for his self-respect, is pretty much the most important part of the entire film and what I want to be talking about today. So... Let's, uh, let's kind of get into it. Like I said, the whole film, the whole look and style and color grade of the film is super raw and real and gritty. Um, there's a lot of fog. There's a lot of shots that are like through stuff. Like when we're looking 
into the fight where it's a lot of it is shot from behind the ropes in the ring. So you really feel like you're there. There are these like shaky handheld shots. Um, I don't know. I, I love all those shots because it feels super real and it feels like you're really there watching, watching the fight happen. Um, there's a lot to say about this movie, but I really wanted to focus on Rocky's character as a whole because that, I mean, that really, that's what the film's all about. Um, let's talk about Rocky. There's a lot of different ways to characterize, or not characterize, categorize characters. Um, and the category that Rocky fits into is what we would call a dynamic character. So he's a character that changes and grows with the plot of the movie um, and drives the plot of the movie as well. I used to think that every like good, quote-unquote good character has to be a dynamic character, like the mark of a good character was that they changed and they grew. Um, but then I realized looking through this film that there's Rocky, who's a very dynamic character, but there are also more like stable static characters like Mickey or Polly who don't even change um, like hardly at all throughout the film. They generally stay the same, but they're still really great characters. So something I realized while researching for this movie was that good characters don't have to necessarily be dynamic. Um, they just have to serve their purpose within the story. So um, both Polly and Mickey give a really good contrast, I think, to Rocky and Adrian, who are both much more dynamic characters. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, something I wanted to focus on was Rocky, kind of the theme of this film, like Rocky's struggles throughout the entire movie, he has all these like external conflicts, right? He struggles a lot with his relationships and with the fight and everything. Obviously, like the main, the climax of the movie is a, it's a fight. Um, so he has all these external conflicts, but behind every external conflict, there's an internal conflict that Rocky has to, has to surpass as well. So I was going to go through pretty much each one of these conflicts and talk about the external and the internal side. So at the very start of the movie, like, we get so much about Rocky in in just, like, the very first few scenes. We learn that, you know, he has no money. <laughs> um, he has basically no money. He's fighting these, like, I mean, fighting isn't exactly an honorable career, right? And even the people watching the fight don't really treat him with a lot of respect. His apartment is super run down and just absolutely trashy. <laughs> um, we can see that he's not, he's not exactly living the high life, right? And that's, that's a good external conflict, but internally, Rocky doesn't try that hard to fix these things. I had watched an analysis a while back on YouTube about this movie and it mentioned how these couple lines that Rocky said of, you know, if only he's talking to his turtles and he says, if only you guys could sing and dance, I wouldn't have to be doing this. Uh, and he says to Adrian, like, oh, I'm, I'm a boxer because I can't sing and dance. Um, obviously, these lines are meant to be to be funny, right? But in reality, they tell a lot about Rocky because he thinks that he needs all this natural talent like to succeed. He thinks that, you know, if, if only he had this natural talent to sing and dance or to do whatever, he wouldn't need to be fighting and maybe he would have more money. He would live in a better place. 
um, and that, you know, all these problems wouldn't, wouldn't be his problems anymore. He really doesn't believe that he has any talent. We also learn pretty early on here that he's working as a collector um, for the big man, right? Um, and his boss, you know, his boss is kind of a typical mob boss where, like, he's really kind of evil. <laughs> uh, kind of evil, kind of mean, but he takes care of his employees, right? He's generally nice to Rocky, but he gets angry with him because Rocky's not, he's not doing his job. Obviously, externally, like, he struggles to do this job, um, but that shows us internally, like, he's in the wrong profession for the type of person that he is. Rocky is actually a very kind, empathetic, gentle person, which we see in a lot of different ways, just from how he treats people, how he treats animals, you know, all that stuff. And he's out here being a collector and an enforcer. Um, it's just, it doesn't fit him. Um, the third conflict that we see arise pretty early is obviously his relationship with Adrian. Um, he's, he's been trying, apparently, to get Adrian's attention multiple times with jokes and talking to her morning and night is what he tells Polly, but internally, he's way too scared and insecure to actually pursue her. I mean, it takes Polly to really push him and to get there like, just to even actually ask her out, which takes us to the first date with Adrian, which is honestly super, super important, because Adrian is the first person in the film to actually believe in him. She's the pers first person to actually compliment him. Um, she's the only person in the film that Rocky's, like, really vulnerable with. So we learn a lot about Rocky and a lot about Adrian and their relationship just from the first date, you know? Uh, we also learn in these this these few scenes that his father told Rocky that he was dumb when he was little <laughs> which is you know such a great parenting strategy I think every parent should just be like hey man you you're really dumb so I think you should be a you should go into sports because you're just you're so stupid <laughs> no I'm I mean I'm kidding but th like that tells us so so much because Rocky has all this self-doubt he doesn't believe in himself at all and I mean, there's good reason for that. His dad, growing up, literally told him that he's worthless and he's dumb and he should be, that's why he should be a boxer. Enter Apollo Creed. Apollo is a very interesting character, which we learn about a lot more in the sequels of Rocky, but we're just going to talk about him in this one for now. We really don't know a lot about him, um, except that he's, you know, the heavyweight champion, um and that he keeps up appearances, for sure. The public loves him. He's great with the press. Um, he's really all these things that Rocky wants to be. Uh, we learn this in the bar scene where the guy kind of takes, the bartender kind of takes a jab at Apollo, um, but Rocky honestly defends him, which is another nod to Rocky's character, but we see that, like, internally... Rocky really respects Creed for the things that he's done because he took a chance um, and he worked really hard to get where he is. And deep down, like Rocky wishes that that was him, you know, instead of just sitting here and taking these fights from people that aren't even that good and not working for basically anything. When Mickey comes in 
and says that he wants to train him for this fight, I mean, this is a huge turning point for Rocky because he has to face all of these feelings of anger and resentment against Mickey, and he really has to swallow his pride, you know, after yelling at him a little bit. <laughs> he really has to swallow his pride and let Mickey train him, even though, you know, he has so much resentment against him for not training him before. But Mickey knows that he has talent. And we saw it in the gym when Rocky got his locker taken away from him. Like, Mickey said, hey, you wasted all of this talent that you have. And, I mean, Rocky doesn't give a response because he knows that that it's true. He uh, he says that he has no talent, but in reality, he just never, never put in the hard work and never actually took the steps um, to develop his talent and to, to really use it. Uh, we also learn that there are always two sides to a story, you know? From Rocky's side, like, Mickey didn't help him when he asked for help. He didn't help him when he needed it. And obviously, we don't know the the complete past and the story, but on Mickey's side of the story, he was like, hey, man, I tried to help you, but you never, you never let me. Uh, I just, so I just thought that was interesting how we don't get the full story there. We don't get the, like, the truth, what actually happened. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't super matter for the story. It's just really good insight to both of their characters. So once Rocky accepts the training from Mickey, we have the greatest training montage of all time. <laughs> just the poster child of training montages. Uh, this is like the most motivational, inspirational part of the movie. This is when the music gets good. Um, obviously, he downs like, what is it, like five raw eggs. No one needs to do that. <laughs> Everyone's grossed out. Everyone's scarred for life. But then like he has the sit-ups and the jump push-ups, the running scene, everything, everything's so iconic. He runs the Philadelphia steps, um, which, okay, just a, just a side note, I was in Philadelphia uh, last year and I ran those steps. Those are, <laughs> he makes it look so hard and obviously we don't know how far Rocky ran before getting to these steps, but those are like the easiest, shallowest step. There's like n so few of them. And I, I mean, I was skipping them, like, I ran them, like, four times in a day, and I, I was just, I was slightly disappointed, I gotta say. They look so difficult. <laughs> I thought I was gonna feel so cool for conquering them, and then I realized that people run these steps every single day, like, with their dogs, like, six times. Anyways, um, if you haven't had a chance to go to Philadelphia and run the steps, I would say do it, but honestly, you could, <laughs> they're not that, that great. <laughs> Anyways. Um, he runs these steps. He's all trained. He starts, you know, punching the raw meat in the freezer, which again, a little unnecessary considering he has a, he has a punching bag and, you know, he has a gym that he can go train at. Uh, but it's actually, I actually love the whole like punching the raw meat metaphor, metaphor, analogy. I, I don't, not really sure what you call it. Symbolism, I guess. Um, it's just a symbolism of like, Rocky's again it's the grittiness right it's the raw pun intended raw rawness the realness of Rocky's training as opposed to Apollo who I mean we never actually see Apollo train for the entire fight because for him it's just a show but for Rocky he's taking this very seriously and you know he trains however he can um and obviously the press 
you know, shows this and Rocky gets mad about it. And conquering the press is another other conflict that Rocky has to has to surpass. And obviously it's a very obvious external conflict, but it's an even more important internal one because, you know, Polly talked about how they're making him look like a fool. And in contrast to Creed, he does. He looks you know, he looks like a fool next to Creed. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's obviously less educated and he's just not ready for that. And again, like I said, Adrian's the only person he's really vulnerable with this about. But I I think it's really, really important because on the outside, Rocky is such a good-natured person, but, you know, always cracking jokes and everything. But it, it really does, you know, those comments will come to hurt you in the end. I think Rocky really struggles with that, and that's the most, like, internal, we see Rocky struggle. So then we get to the night before the fight. You know, he's done all this training to prepare, and this scene is possibly, well, one of the most pivotal pivotal scenes, if not the most pivotal scene in the entire film. The internet tells me that because of their really small budget, they were actually going to cut this scene out, but Sylvester Stallone said, no, we need to keep this scene because it's arguably one of the most important scenes in the entire film. Rocky goes to uh, Creed's agent, I believe it is, and he's talking, he's saying like, hey, the picture's wrong, like, I'm I'm not wearing the right shorts, and uh, Creed's agent is like, it doesn't matter. This This fight's just for show, like, you're gonna do great, it's gonna be Everything's going to be great because it doesn't matter. And obviously he's talking about how the picture doesn't matter, but we all know that what's really going on here is the fight doesn't matter. Like to Creed, this is just a publicity stunt. To Creed, Rocky doesn't matter. All this struggle that Rocky's going through, none of this matters to anyone else. But it matters to Rocky. When he goes home and he's talking to Adrian, He this is when... Rocky's motivation changes from external motivation to an internal motivation. So the entire film he's been fighting for this respect from other people, you know, with the press, with Polly, with Adrian, with Mickey, everyone. He's fighting for this respect for the for other people to believe in him when in reality his focus should have been shifted on himself the entire time. He's really the one who doesn't believe in himself in himself you know when he shifts his perspective that's that's the most important part because until now like he hadn't changed at all sure he had started working harder but it was that internal change that was the most important so we finally get to the fight right this is the moment we've all been waiting for it's the moment rocky's been waiting for everything and this fight is awesome i mean it's so fun like i said this is the time when i'm like i want to be a boxer this is so cool (laughs) i'm having so much fun and obviously it's it's so important it's the whole climax of the movie and the i mean the kind of disappointing part is that he doesn't win the fight like apollo wins completely wins this fight but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all because we know that I mean, the night before, Rocky had completely changed his perspective to, I don't need to win. I just need to go the distance. I just need to know that I am strong enough. I need to know that I can do this um, for myself. Uh, So when he loses the fight, it, it doesn't even matter. 
in my first episode, I talked about the audience surrogate, you know, the person who is the eyes of the audience. And at this point, I would definitely say Adrian is kind of the eyes of the audience because she's not actually, uh, Adrian isn't even like at the, in the fray, like at the front lines talking to Rocky throughout the fight. She's in the back room, um, but we get glimpses into her emotions throughout the entire fight because she knows how important this fight is to Rocky. Like everyone else just wants him to win, obviously, but she just wants him to complete his goal and because she knows that this is so, so important to him. So, you know, he goes the distance and Adrian tells him that she loves him and it's the most heartwarming underdog story that we've got. <laughs> um, honestly, it's such a cliche story, like the entire underdog cliche um, is is like on full blast in this film. But it, it just doesn't matter because we've seen it's it's done so well. Like we've seen the struggle throughout the entire film because the characters are acted so beautifully. The characters are written so well. They feel so real to us that this doesn't feel cliche. It feels like it feels like we're there and it feels like these are our friends that, you know, we care about these characters. Uh, so it, it doesn't even matter. And also just a side note. This movie came out in 1976. It's kind of, from what I could find, um, it's pretty much the first underdog story that there was. Like, um, the first, like, true underdog. Definitely the first one in sports. Um, but the first, like, real underdog story that we get in, in the history of film. So I think that's another reason that it was so, so iconic. Because it kind of created this underdog, the sports underdog cliche that we have. So... That's, I mean, those are all my, my thoughts on Rocky. I, I love this movie. It, it means a lot to me. Um, it's super inspiring. It's definitely one of like my comfort movies when I'm feeling down. And I mean, I learned a lot from it. I learned that I definitely want to learn how to box. <laughs> um, I also learned that the size of your crew and your cast and your budget does not dictate how good of a movie you can make for sure. But I also learned a lot about, like, dealing with internal problems. Like, there's a lot of external problems we have in this world, but most of the time it boils down to an internal one. And we really can't fight this external one without first addressing the inside, right? I also learned from Rocky that, you know, we can't, quote-unquote, go the distance in life. We can't bring our best the entire time we're on this earth if we're living to prove ourselves to other people. It's it's not going to work. We're going to burn out. People aren't going to respect us the way that we want to be respected. And that's when it comes down to us having to respect ourselves, right? So as always, I would love to know your guys' thoughts on Instagram or YouTube. Um, definitely follow Movie Mindset on Instagram if you want to hear about updates and stuff. And I'm going to do my best to actually get another episode out on Monday this time. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just have to watch Rocky again if I'm feeling really, really down and uninspired and unmotivated, huh? Um, but thank you so much for listening, you guys. And I will see you in the next episode of The Movie Mindset. Bye!